My loves, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dive deep? Or do you feel like you need some time away from the people, place, and things that make up your current life? It could be both. You're like, I need to get the fuck away from everything and everyone. And I'm also ready to take my spiritual path to the next degree, honey. Okay? Regardless of what it is, I got you. There's two legendary, amazing, delicious opportunities for us to practice together in person this year. The first one is at the iconic Omega Institute in New York, upstate New York. And the second one is in Mykonos, Greece, honey. And both of these retreats are going to be a combination of the spiritual dance practice, also known as the SAT method, also known as the spiritual workout, and Dharma talks. So let me break this down for you. The SAM method, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is that? It's a practice. Uh, it's an experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a performance art healing experience that I created um, that combines ecstatic dance, meditation, breath work, and mantra. And these four practices are here to activate, amplify, and energize the four qualities in your heart, according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. So during the retreat... And, and upstate New York is five days, excuse me, six days, five nights. And Greece is eight days, seven nights. I'm going to tell you more about this in a second. But during the retreat, we're going to dance. We're going to dance twice a day. Okay. And dance as much as you want. Move as much as you want. But the whole purpose of the, of the movement is for you to actualize what you learn during the theory part. Where we're going to sit around and I'm going to explain to you through, through the, the, my interpretation and my understanding, my studies of Buddhist psychology, I'm going to give you all that I know during that dedicated, you know, retreat time away from the people, place and things that make up your current experience. You're going to be devoted towards your heart, towards your liberation. Therefore, you're going to be able to then actualize that which you learn during theory in the dance floor. And then you're going to be, be able to bring that all back into your life once you leave the retreat. Going to retreat has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. It has changed my life. And you've heard, if, you, if you're a listener, uh, an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about going on retreats over and over again. If you've read my books, you know that going on spiritual retreats is how we take our practice to the next level. Oftentimes we do need to take time away from people, place, and things that make up our current life in order for us to truly discover who are we really and what is it that I want to do in my life. And maybe you're like, I already know who I am and I'm already happy with what I'm doing in my life, but you want to actually bring more joy, more bliss. You actually want to be happier, more playful, more lighthearted in more lightheartedness into your life. This retreat, these retreats are for you. You can either come to one or you can come to both. It doesn't matter. The point of the Psalm method, the spiritual workout, the spiritual dance practice is for us to say fuck off to people that says that when you are a disciplined spiritual practitioner, you become more serious. That is a lie. Okay. The truth is the deeper you become, the, the, the deeper you, you, you enter into the spiritual path and the more you're disciplined about your spiritual liberation, the more playful and lighthearted and more smiles and more humor and more laughter your life becomes filled 
with. Okay, so click the links in the show notes and I hope to see you at, in upstate New York at the iconic, legendary Omega Institute. Uh, let me tell you the dates. Uh, upstate New York is June 19th through the 24th. Okay, and Greece is um, October 8th through October 15th, okay? And if you have any questions or concerns about the retreats, when you click the link in the show notes, um, or so you can visit my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio to get all the details for the for the retreats. If you have questions, just go onto the retreats website and, and click over there to find out how you can talk to the retreat producers. They're both amazing powerhouse companies that are producing my retreats. They will be able to help you with anything you need, okay? I love you all so much, and I cannot wait to practice with you and get free with you. Love you. Peace. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to a new episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show. Today's episode, honey, Get a pen and a paper and sit your ass down because it's going to be legendary. Listen, here's the deal. Have you ever been a spiritual snob? I know I have. I know like when I was like, you know, traveling through India, Nepal and Thailand and Indonesia, and I'm actually recording this from Indonesia right now. And I was like so locked up to the Buddhist path is the path. The Buddhist path is the only path, and this is the only path that you can actually get free on. Poor thing. I was so limited. I wasn't as free as I thought I was, you know? So I was I was what I call a spiritual snob, thinking that my path was the only path. My road was the only road that would lead to the creation of heaven on earth, Right? Poor thing, so limited. But anyways, compassion for that young version. Thank you, little Sa. We love you still. And this leads me to, to uh, I'm, I'm giving you this little background information because, you know, as you know, on the show, I bring in a lot of different uh, spiritual leaders from different faith and mystical traditions. And we have a fucking epic, extremely uh, inspiring and moving and educational uh, conversation. And that is actually moving a lot of people. So fuck yeah. And even though I was, I was like opened to, to, to learn and to, and to, and to experience different faith and mystical traditions, I still had a hard time with this word, the witch word, especially when someone would say, I'm a witch and they would walk around with the witch hat and I'd be like, shut the fuck up you know, but slowly I soften and slowly my perspective radically changed when I actually met someone embodied in their witchness. I don't even know if I can say that word, witchness. And I started to understand what it means to be a witch. And I started to, to, to get to know this person, today's guest, in such a profound, close, intimate, beautiful way. She's one of my best friends. And it radically changed my whole approach, my whole relationship to it. So, you know, I, I always want to be radically honest and vulnerable with you guys. So that's why I'm giving you this, this, this background story. Because today's guest is someone who truly lives this embodied path of, of the witch. You know, Mia Benducci, she's an ambassador for magic with a K. 
And I'll let her explain magic with a C versus magic with a K in the episode. Uh, she's an ambassador for magic with a K in the modern day. She's the, the headmistress of witch school. She uses priestess arts and ceremonial magic teaching ancient earth-based wisdom as the route to our unique power and connection to the divine. Enjoy this episode. Love you all so much. Peace. Well, hunties, welcome back to a new episode of the Spiritually Sassy Show. I'm here in Topanga Canyon. One could say that is the most uh, sacred part of Los Angeles, right? Definitely. Uh, and Mia's house. Hi, Mia. Welcome Hi, to the honey. show. Thank you. <laughs> so happy to be here. Welcome to the sanctuary. I know. I love your house. Thank you for everything you've created here. I always love coming here. And guys, you may hear me like sniffily and coughing. Um, I'm just coming out of a cold. I got tested. It wasn't COVID. So bless the mother. But you may hear me like blowing my nose, <laughs> sniffling around, and coughing. So uh, stick around for all of that. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> first question I ask every guest, who are you right now? Ooh. Who I am right now is a witch on a mission for healing and expanding our capacity to believe in our own magic and express our own unique power. For me personally, that comes sort of the way that power in life comes through a tree is that mm. I can absorb it from the earth, but I also give it out then and, and share it with the earth. And so it's this very reciprocal relationship with giving mm. and receiving and letting myself be sourced from, yeah, from the mother herself, from the mm. goddess and yeah. And just working on finding more ways to spread and share the wisdom that has healed me and healed so many of my clients and students and mm -hmm. just, sharing it with as many people as are ready to receive it. Mm, okay, you said so many things. I'm like, okay, honey. <laughs> magic. Is this magic with a CK? You know, I spell magic with a K. Okay. And magic with a CK comes from Aleister Crowley, who is some people's guru and who I just haven't found as deep of resonance with. Magic with a C to me has come to mean illusions and rabbits out of hats and sort of tricking people mm -hmm. creating this you know sleight of hand or oh i'm gonna draw your attention over here but that's because i want you to not be paying attention to what i'm doing over there and so i spell magic with a k in as a nod to the ancient egyptian mysteries the ka body the onk uh, that sound and mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to magic being something that is expressed through our bodies through our minds through the alchemy that we you know we've been talking a lot about shadow work already mm -hmm. today the alchemy that we can create through meeting those places mm -hmm. and through charging our bodies like i just said with the tree and mm -hmm. and with the energy of the earth or the light or the sun or mm -hmm. whatever it is that we want to you know, name that life force. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, yeah, I'm definitely an alternative magician and mm -hmm. that's why I use the K. Okay. And there's a whole nother world. I'm like, Oh my God, so yeah. many questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk about what is a witch. The origin of the word witch actually meant wise or one who sees, one who knows, one with wisdom. Mm -hmm. So a witch was the healer. It'd be, it'd be like our modern day doctor, basically, mm -hmm. was the healer of the tribe. Or, you know, we hear about the oracles of Delphi. It's the person who was willing to 
receive wisdom from the earth Mm -hmm. because that used to be sort of our main source of mythology Mm -hmm. and divinity Mm -hmm. and, you know, theism in general Mm -hmm. was the earth. It was like, okay, we have these stories about the stars. We have these myths about Mm -hmm. the sun and the Mm -hmm. clouds and the Mm -hmm. tornadoes. Mm -hmm. And so a witch before the church made the word mean something evil or villainized those, Mm -hmm. those healers and those people, Mm -hmm. it was just someone who was receiving information and utilizing their own channel for wisdom. Like we always talk about the, the, there's the Buddhist wisdom, there's occult Mm -hmm. wisdom, there's tantric wisdom, there's Mm -hmm. all these different lineages Mm -hmm. of wisdom. And it was just about understanding and, and making meaning of or divining meaning, interpreting meaning from the world around us. Mm. What does the flight of this bird over us at this time signify? Mm-hmm. What is the wind blowing in as we're having this discussion mean to us or mm. mean for us? Mm-hmm. When we send our roots deep down into the earth and she tells us that we need to plant our crops in a different way or mm-hmm. that we need to follow this stream in order to find this herd of buffalo, mm-hmm. do we listen, mm-hmm. right? It's the same as how we all cultivate our intuition. I like to call it now. Mm-hmm. It's like, how much do you listen to that inner wisdom and that mm-hmm. inner guidance system? And oh, so back back then it was someone who just listened and used that wisdom for the benefit of all beings and was there to support and heal. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the midwives and the death doulas and mm-hmm. yeah, the people that could really connect to the wisdom of the earth and the plants also to know before mm-hmm. we had CVS and all the pharmacies, it was like, that's where we got our medicine. So it was mm. the people that also knew how to make the medicine, whatever that was in and whatever was necessary for any tribe at any given time. Wow. So the, the, the witch was the, the person who had access to the interbeing, right? The people who were deeply interconnected in like they were so, so aware of our, of our, how deeply interdependent we are, yeah. how moon cycles affect our mm-hmm. physiology and our biology and our psychology and, you know, move us in, in ways. Um, wow. I love this. Yeah. And it's all, and I think, you know, it wasn't a gendered word before. That's right. It was just the wisdom itself. So mm-hmm. it didn't, it wasn't specifically women or men, or I think often, you know, we look at Native American tribes and they have the two spirited beings. It mm-hmm. is the non-binary. And mm-hmm. and in, especially in like Lakota Navajo traditions, the two spirited beings or what we would call gay or queer people now, they had something special because they were able to receive both sides of that wisdom or they lived and embodied both mm-hmm. elements of that wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was, it was really just anyone who was actually willing to listen or utilize their own channel for, for guidance, for support, mm-hmm. for healing. Mm-hmm. And you said that when the church made the word, uh, when they villainized the word, right? Yeah. When they, they attached a negative meaning to the word. Um, can you speak to that? When did that happen? Not like a history class, but just kind of like, tell us a little bit about it. Cause it's interesting how like, you know, um, we are understanding that like, in the Bible, it's not that the that the mystics who put the Bible together actually talked shit about homosexuals. It's the people who are misinterpreting the Bible when like a new translation of the Bible then added this word and added that word. And then this high priest from this lineage that said to say that this is bad. So then we listen to it. And it's like high, I mean, these, these powerful canonical texts in the right hand can help a lot of people. In yeah. the wrong hand, could harm a lot of people, yeah. you know? And I was talking to a friend of mine about the witch wound, 
how us healers have this this wound that like if we say the thing, if we believe in magic, if we live a magical life, we're going to get killed. So yeah. this constant background noise of the healers that someone's coming to punish you. This interweaved narrative in our psychology that someone's coming to punish you. I've started to realize it's actually the witch wound that is weaved into our into our history, yeah. our our interdependent history, our this this interweaved, um, uh, you know, fabric that we're all connected to. Yeah. You know. I'm like, who who else were you talking with about the witch wound? <laughs> Adriana. This, oh, Adria, do you yeah. know? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. This Buddhist over here is getting yeah. all into the witchcraft. I love it. So I mean, I'm just opening up. I know. know? It's mean, so this, like, beautiful, my love. opening of like sitting with you and seeing how you talk to the trees and seeing how you like, mm -hmm. you connect to the wind and, and the sun and the, like you're just in complete connection to nature and yeah. so many mystical traditions have taken nature out of the, out of the, out of Scripture. the literature, yeah. out of the scriptures, out of the canonical text. So like, is the text really canonical? Is the text really pure if nature is out of it? You know, I'm just kind of in this place where like, hmm, is it? Because if you look at the shamanic traditions that have put forth, you know, tantric Buddhism and some of the most ancient um, Eastern philosophies, they were all weaved with nature. They well, were, everything you see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's where it all came from. Yeah, that's right. Before we had these headphones and these microphones and these laptops, like you that know? was what we had. Yeah. yeah. So so let's talk about that. Like when did we start to look at the witch as bad? So you know? it was a long process mm -hmm. and the it was actually the ancient Jews who had been traveling were very nomadic tribes. And mm -hmm. I'm not 100% clear on, on that lineage in terms of like when the transmission came through that shifted from the Elohim or the greater sort of all God mm -hmm. into the monotheistic view. And like now there's this one God and this is it and there's nothing else. And they actually went long, long time ago, like thousands of years ago, they went and started massacring polytheistic tribes and pagan tribes and anyone who was worshiping nature or believing in multiple gods, devas, earth spirits, you know, connecting to nature, making offerings to nature, uh, creating even, you know, the idol worship is, is like you were saying, this waterfall is a goddess. Mm -hmm. This tree is a deity. Mm -hmm. And, all of that became evil. And so it was like, okay, we're going to wipe those people out. Then the people who followed Jesus, it's like when we really tune into that Christed consciousness, we know that it's, it is, it's the Buddha, it's nature, mm -hmm. it's the enlightenment, it's openness, it's mm -hmm. charity to your neighbors mm -hmm. and, and love of everyone and everything. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the Jews wiping out polytheistic cultures happened like pre Christianity. So that would have been right around in the, last couple hundred years BC. And then in current era, the people who followed Jesus, of course, once he died, then you could bastardize or change everything that he said and mm -hmm. proclaim that, oh, this is what he said. Mm -hmm. And this is why we do this. And mm -hmm. this is his belief. And it's like, well, he wasn't there to defend himself or to say that. Mm -hmm. I love that little quote. There's those little memes where it's like, what the fuck? I never said that. <laughs> Buddha or like Jesus, you know, cause like it's everyone, so true. you know, gives all these quotes to them. And, and so then, you know, you, you look at some of the words that are in the Bible, like the kingdom of heaven is within you, mm -hmm. things like that. The Bible was also the first book 
that was printed when the printing press was invented. So that was around 1500. So in the current era, these people who had followed Jesus, when you look at all of these villages or towns, places, even like the Roman empire was built on a polytheistic culture. The, mm-hmm. the, Gre- Grecians, the Greeks, exactly. The, the Egyptians, like all polytheistic, mm-hmm. all multiple and they gods. They changed from saying Greek religions to Greek mythology to sort of play, play, to sort of play fun of them, like make yeah. fun of them. Right. That it's a story. As that opposed it's a story to... instead of like, this is the high vision. This is the vision. Yeah. This is the high view period. And that this is what we all have the capacity to step into that That's we right. can create create this immortal way of life within ourselves that we can access this Christed consciousness or Mm -hmm. this divinity and Mm -hmm. amplify our own power and live in that way. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things that I think is fascinating about Greek mythology and traditions is that, and let's call it Greek religion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Greek history, Greek history. Exactly. Even deeper. Yes, honey. Reclaim that shit. Yeah. Is that they presented their deities as human ish, mm-hmm. you know, just humans with greater power. That's right. And I think that's the part of our brains. That's that 90% of our brains. That's not working. We're like, Oh, junk DNA. It's like, no, it's just dormant. It's just mm-hmm. asleep. Cause mm-hmm. we've quieted it. Mm-hmm. So what happened in those about 1500 years after Jesus died was all of these different, right? Like, you know, I mean, you, mm-hmm. your boyfriend is one of the people that has really taught me so much of this and turned me on to so much of it, but that Mary Magdalene had a gospel. She had a whole section in the Bible that's just been completely removed. Oh, we call her a whore now, but she was his wife. She was his sacred partner. Mm-hmm. When you look at the word mad, where Mary comes from, the reason why his mother and his wife had the same first name is because it was a title. It's the same as like where we get the word Merlin. It's all mm-hmm. from the ocean. It's from the moss, from the mother. It's being mm-hmm. the channel for the goddess. Mm-hmm. And so the, the mar, the Marys, were priestesses of Egypt of the Isis lineage, and they were trained in activating the Ka body, creating this powerful energy. Whenever I tune in with Mother Mary and I ask her about the Immaculate Conception, she's like, it's not that we didn't have sex, it's that our intention was immaculate. Mm. It's that our consciousness was immaculate. We were pure. We Mm. knew what we were calling in. We knew what we were doing. We cleansed our energies. We cleansed our auras. We cleansed our minds. We cleansed our thoughts. We were in this pure devotional love with each other. We intentionally entered into our lovemaking ceremony with our bodies, our light bodies fully charged. And that is how we then called in this powerful avatar, this Christed being to our lives. Wow. That's the immaculate conception is the, Mm -hmm. the purity of the intention of Mm -hmm. it. And And that's across every religion to every, a lot of mystical traditions, same everywhere. It's like, Oh, it's a, it's a virgin birth. Yeah. I think the word virgin birth, it's that is they actually put time and effort into this amazing ritual. Yeah. You know, and the word virgin originally meant sovereign. It wasn't about being chased or never having had, sex, it was about being sovereign. So the virgin goddesses, when we we look at the Greek history, it's Artemis, Athena, these very powerful warrior goddesses. And they were just not willing. It's like, you're going to enter my temple. You better be worthy. Yeah. You better be empowered. You're not like, no one's going to just come into my body and, and you know, toxify it. Mm. I'm, I'm sovereign. I know Mm -hmm. my power. I know my worth. I know who I am. I know my magic. And so the only men that are able to enter into my temple are, are devotees or are deeply worthy of Mm -hmm. entering it. And so that was the virgin. It was like, she's discerning. (laughs) Mm. She's not never going to have sex. She's just discerning. That's right. 
And so throughout, you know, again, the, these 1500 years from like current era into when the printing press was invented, the Bible was changed so many times. That's right. And there were so many different leaders. And if there's this one text that's sort of the proclamation of how things are being governed, then, okay, well, I need to change this to make this work for me, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same as look at our United States Constitution. It's like the beginning of it is just so amazing. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, the Patriot Act or whatever it is, oh, we're going to just add in that we can follow all your data and look into your personal lives and all of these things. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, that's an amendment. You just made that. And the Mm -hmm. original document says that we're meant to be free and that everyone's supposed to be treated equally and all of this Mm -hmm. stuff. So, during that time with all of these mm-hmm. sovereign beings, what? Yeah. No, I was just going to say, no, keep going. I don't want you to lose it, but I just recently found out that like the amendment, that, that piece of scripture that put this country together, um, like the vast majority of the people who put that together were all slave owners. So like how much freedom did they believe in? How much equality did they believe in? Like, let's be real, honey. Yeah. You know what I mean? They um, were just wanting freedom from for their them. oppressive for their little monarch. Co- exactly. But so, not willing to provide that for someone whose skin was a different color. Yeah. yeah I mean, how it's all fucked, skewed. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we've been lost for a while, you know? We have. And but that I is think, a sad thing. Yeah. And I know? think that's a result of when you look back at this history, like we're talking about, even in England, right? That was an indigenous culture, island, Druid, Celtic, Gaelic people who had deep magic and were deeply connected to the earth. That's why the Romans weren't able to get to the the British Isles until like three or 400 CE, current era, because they say, they say that the Druids used the mists and mm-hmm. did this weather magic to keep mm-hmm. the islands hidden. And so every mm-hmm. time they'd sail by and I've seen, I've been standing on the cliffs of Moore in Ireland, like right at the edge of the world up there. And one moment it's gorgeous and sunny. And all of a sudden this mist Oof. comes in and you can't see, see nothing. a foot in front of yourself. It's wild. And Girl, so, you know, I lost moon, right? In Varanasi. Remember? <laughs> I told you the story, yeah. right? <laughs> the mist came in and yeah. completely, we're in Varanasi. It's apparently the the spiritual capital of the world. Apparently, where all the Hindus go to die. It's a in this iconic spiritual place in the world. And Moon was in India. My sister was in India for the first time, and um, and she had just gotten off a ten day retreat. I was coming off of a thirty day retreat, and we're meeting in India to go into these pilgrimages and do all these things. Honey, we are hanging out in Varanasi in front of the the ghats, in front of these um these um this river where yeah. the bodies burn and go down this river. This iconic scene. Yeah. Oh my God. Within a couple of minutes, honey, of us sitting there together, she gets up, says, I'm going to go over here to get some something at this little corner store. But these, all these stores are on the river. Honey, I swear to God. I swear to the mother. Yeah. The mist came. We can see each disappear. other. Yeah. Completely disappear. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, and so that's an ancient form of magic that that hiding, right? The veils. We mm-hmm. hear about mists of Avalon and these right. these secret places, especially in those isles. Yeah, on the British Isles, it was like they used this weather magic, this deep connection to the earth, to call in. And when you think about you and I were talking about the the elemental divination earlier, it's like mist is air and water. So it's the emotion, right? If you're thinking about how can I save my people, this this fervent desire, this intention, this clear mm-hmm. necessity almost to let me let me protect my people. Mm-hmm. 
And then utilizing the power of your mind to envision the mist coming in and generating the emotion of everyone feeling safe and everyone feeling held and taken care of and being Mm -hmm. able to, you know, escape from these predators really when, Mm -hmm. when the Romans were, were coming in. And, and so utilizing these powers, the Mm -hmm. power of our mind and the power of our emotions to call in these mists and keep us safe. That's right. And so, yeah, the Romans were one of the first groups to fall from their polytheistic culture and to change and to go into believing in all these gods and goddesses and like our days of the week, especially in, in pretty much all languages, but our days of the week are named for these deities. Sun is Sunday. Moon is Monday. Uh, Tuesday is Martes, Mars, the, the, or Thor, right? Cause in English we speak the, the Nordic I love version. This. I, didn't, I didn't even think about yeah. that shit. Oh my Miercoles God. <laughs> is, is Mercury. Wow, yeah, Thursday that is, true. is Jueves is is Jupiter. Yes. Or Thursday. So mm-hmm. wait, Mars, Martes, Tuesday is Mars in the in the Roman tradition. Um I don't I don't know the the uh Scandinavian version of that, but Thor, Thursday mm-hmm. or Jueves, Jupiter, and then Venuti, Viernes, Venerdi, Venus's day. For us we call it Freya's day, mm-hmm. Friday, and then Saturday is Saturn day. And Saturn is a the Roman name for the God. Wow. And so we have our, our seven days of the week are named for them. It was like all so they much were magic. made to be worshipped Yeah, days. exactly. These are the <gasps> days where this deity is, is alive or where this is our oh guide. Oh my God. Yeah. That's why originally Sunday was the first day of the week. It's because you start with the sun. Right? We're like generating this new day, this new... The light source. Exactly. Oh my God! You're blowing my mind. Go keep going. Yeah, so so that's what happened. <laughs> I'm not even coughing or sniffling. I know, Snizzling. With, no. You're snizzling. Sni- you're not sniffling. Sni- yeah. What is it? Sniffling. Sniffling, yeah. Because of this magic Great. you're pouring into us right now. Keep yeah. going, honey. And so that's... that. You know, when you think about this, the sovereignty, the capacity to alter weather, to know exactly when you're supposed to move or when your crops, like being able to hear, it's like we all know there's these moments when your intuition, again, your intuition, as I like to say, communicates to you. And when you don't listen, you pretty much always know. You're like, fuck, I, I should have listened. Yeah. <laughs> she mm-hmm. told me to bring a jacket and now mm-hmm. it's raining or, mm-hmm. you know, something mm-hmm. so small, like the story with Layla. I told you, it's mm-hmm. like, sometimes it's an odd thing that she asks you to ask for. And you're like, or you know, you're not supposed to be living at the house. Yeah. And you keep living at the house. Yes. Yeah. And then something just crazy like happens. happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I think that we all have just had the importance of listening to that intuition stripped from us. And so the Romans were the, one of the first cultures to lose it. And then they became the perpetrators. Then they became the ones who were just setting forth and being like, Oh, we're going to spread the word of God everywhere. But what God that we know of is like actually wants to just desecrate and destroy and massacre everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one of the craziest things about the witch trials to me is that there's all these people like screaming, you know, witch and evil and villain and all this stuff. And it's like, you're the one torturing and murdering people. Mm -hmm. They're just over there like delivering babies and making tea Mm -hmm. and talking to trees and they're the evil ones. Like I'm, mm-hmm. that's confusing for me. Mm-hmm. So it was a it was a long period of buildup, and tribes were wiped out. 
people were silenced. That was happening all the time. But the the witch trials that we think of them or how we think of them came because of the printing press. Because then the Bible was the first book to be printed in a mass scale. Mm. Then it wasn't like you had a handwritten copy of it. All of a sudden... Mm they could produce, mm-hmm. not like mass the way we can now, but they could produce more copies of this literature. Mm-hmm. And then the people that were able to read were generally of higher classes. And the only thing there is to read is this Bible. Mm-hmm. And so then we think about these people outside and pagan really just meant outside of the cities, right? It was just people that lived out in the country or off of the earth. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the pagans are bad. And we, we just program everyone into thinking that they need something in order to connect with the divine other than themselves. It's like, we mm-hmm. all look at people that are traumatized. Mm-hmm. Look at people that molest children and that desecrate the earth. It's because they are in so much, much pain. pain. They are just in agony inside of themselves lost themselves in their pain and that's that to me i have compassion i always with my own shadow and 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 being a witch i know that i'm the witch and i'm the witch hunter because i know that i have i have perpetuated pain i have projected pain onto other people when i've been hurt Mm -hmm. it's like we've all done that we've all Mm -hmm. made mistakes and so Mm -hmm. i have compassion for the men mostly men that fell deeply into this illusion that they were so broken, they were so hurt within themselves that they had to then hurt others and they Mm -hmm. had to take away. I mean, I got this download once that it felt like even if it was just one woman who, who denied in advance, if some man came on to her and she just was like, no, I'm good. I don't want that. That level of rejection can be the reason that he's like, oh, I'm going to now she's a witch, you know, mm-hmm, I'm going to mm-hmm. kill her. I'm going to make mm-hmm. sure she, she mm-hmm, doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It was women who had been widowed and were finding a way to do well on their own somehow. It was mm-hmm. people who had too much water in their well. Even in the Old Testament, it says not only are you, you know, allowed to kill a witch, but you're actually encouraged to. And if she's someone in your family, if it's your wife or your cousin or your daughter, all the better for you because you're closer and you can just like kill her immediately. It says that in the old Testament and who knows when that was added in because we don't have records of those things anymore, but that is sick. Yeah. And so for those, you know, 1500 years after Jesus died, his words and his charity and his love where he would go and sit with lepers was just completely altered and mistranslated into being that these people that were connected to the earth, the ones who we depended upon, Mm -hmm. the ones who we needed Mm -hmm. to heal, like bear cut his leg open the other day. And I had Yarrow right here growing in the garden. Bear's her partner. Bear's my partner. Sorry. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I cut his leg open and I had this Yarrow and it's a styptic, which means that it stops bleeding and he's like gushing blood from his leg. And I just put this herb on it and it just stopped bleeding. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. magical. And the people who knew those plants and knew, you know, I use herbal birth control. I have a tea that prevents me from getting pregnant because there are plants for everything. And that's Mm -hmm. where all of our pharmaceuticals come from. They're all synthesized. Mm -hmm. And so when you know those things, you're, you're pretty independent. You don't really need anyone Mm -hmm. else. You don't Mm -hmm. need to pay tithings to anyone to connect Mm -hmm. to God because it's right here beneath your feet Mm -hmm. at every single moment. It's all around you. Mm -hmm. And so that made people hard to control and it made them like not required to donate anywhere. I mean, you look at these churches, it's like 
the extravagance, mm-hmm. the gold, the mm-hmm. just the abundance there. Why do we not spread that around and mm-hmm. take care of all of the people? Mm-hmm. Why are we creating these just massive buildings and temples that really are preventing other people and and even like people from the church? There's so many impoverished Christians in the world. Why are we not taking care of that? Mm-hmm. And so that was a big, it was a big, it was money, it was control, it was fear, mm-hmm. and it all just led to, yeah, really, that's the the witch wound that you're talking about. That's mm-hmm. why healers feel mm-hmm. terrified to share their voices mm-hmm. and to be themselves. I still, you know, I've been on this path for a long time, and I still have days where if I just want to go into the forest, I'm terrified someone's going to come and get me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to spend a day in the trees, mm-hmm. naked, swimming in a creek, and I that's am, right. my heart will just be paralyzed for a few minutes before Mm -hmm. I go out and I just Mm -hmm. am so nervous that someone is going to come and get me because that's what would happen. You weren't allowed to have friends. You weren't allowed to talk to trees because you'd be tortured in order to give up someone else's name. So even just knowing the name of the baker's daughter down the street was dangerous because at a certain point, if you were being tortured into outing another witch at some point, you know, that Mm -hmm. name would be spoken aloud. And so Mm -hmm. that's also a place where the sister wound comes in for women of like fighting against each other and being competitive with one another rather than being together. Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Listen, you spoke a little bit about like um, making peace with the, with people who've harmed us. You kind of like spoke briefly about it. Can you tell me about the role of forgiveness in, in your witch lineage and what you teach and what you offer and what you um, educate people on? Yeah, it's so funny. Even in my my money course, I have this money course called Witchy Rich, and it's all about manifesting abundance magically, and it's great. And one of the first modules is about forgiveness. Of course, because we. That's why. That's why you're the you're the <laughs> real deal. Because a lot of people talk about abundance and whatever the fuck manifestation. Blah, 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 blah. If they don't use the word forgiveness in there, I can just literally gag and like I'm leaving. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll pray for you from a yeah. distance. You know, <laughs> love you. Whenever you're ready for the high dose. Yeah. I'm right here, always yeah. ready for you. Yeah. Okay. Heroes keep going. Does. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think that it's just so important because we're getting these. We look at the patriarchal systems, how capitalism has been built off of our own unworthiness, right? Like when you mm-hmm. had a gift, whether it's to grow herbs or to raise chickens or to have the best milk or whatever, and you're just trading and bartering with people, and there is no money exchanged it's literally just like hey i got eggs you got beans she's got greens let's do this you know Mm -hmm. like we're all in this together i think that there's just there's so much to be forgiven there when your life was threatened if you were being yourself if you were out as a practitioner or as a healer of course, everyone genetically is going to be affected by that. If everyone's lineage has some, you know, we touched on this briefly, that that the British Isles, those were indigenous people. Everywhere throughout Europe used to be indigenous until the church came in and colonized and Mm -hmm. said, you're not allowed to worship where you want to worship. You're not allowed to worship who you want to worship. You're not allowed to connect to the earth. You connect to God and to Mm -hmm. Jesus and this is it. And building, you know, this gorgeous temple that I went to in Crete, 
Now it's the church of the 99 fathers. It used to be a temple to the goddess and they Mm -hmm. literally used the stones that they knocked down from the temple to build the church in the same place. Oh my God. So this is where you used to come to worship. Well, now you come here and this is a church. And so Mm -hmm. there's just been so much that has happened and we have to be able to forgive our lineage and the people that came before us. And the fact that we even have the wisdom now to do that, Mm -hmm. it's like, that's the greatest gift. We can choose to forgive the witch hunter within us. We can choose to forgive the part of us that was hurt, that made a mistake or projected onto somebody because we didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. And now we're just learning and utilizing our intuition to learn and to grow. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that we have to do is forgive, you know, our parents that passed on these programs or these patterns to us. And, and it's their parents that passed them on to them. And, all the way back, right? Like it's something, you know, like 7,000 people had to mate and connect in order for us to be here right now. So there's a lot of people back, Mm -hmm. back and and many thousands of years and generations. And so there's nothing more important than forgiving and forgiving ourselves for buying into it. Mm -hmm. Because when you're a little kid and someone says money is the root of all evil and that's why you shouldn't have it, but then like you're supposed to be a movie star or you're supposed to create the American dream or no, just get a job after call. Like it's very confusing. It's fucked. And there aren't a lot of good role mm-hmm. models, you mm-hmm. know, that's one of my goals and, and why I keep forgiving myself is like the way that I was as a little girl, the magical, fantastical little girl that I was, I want little girls to mm-hmm. have access to someone mm-hmm. like me who can be a role model. Mm-hmm. Because I only saw it in like Cinderella as the fairy godmother. And even the witches were like terrifying. You're like, oh God, don't mess with them. They're going to give you a poison apple. You're going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, even though the fairy godmother, she's a witch. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's got a wand. She's like casting her spells, mm-hmm. granting your wishes. She got a little tiny pointed hat. It's just a little pointed hat. So it's not scary. She's got a mm-hmm. sparkly dress. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we have to all forgive those lineages that, that just were perpetuating pain. Mm-hmm. But how do we forgive those who've, who've like, you know, caused us tremendous pain in our current lives. I, I know some of the forgiveness you're speaking about now, I think it it's like ancestral forgiveness yeah. and it's so necessary. You know, as of late, I've been speaking about every time we have a resurfacing narrative in our minds that we feel like, oh, I've worked on this. I've healed through this. I've overcome that. And it's resurfacing. What I've started to understand now through the theory of the, of the interbeing is that if it's resurfacing, it's because someone in your lineage, you know, your ancestral yep. lineage, who didn't have the chance to speak up, to forgive, to unshackle, is begging for you to help them unshackle. So if you redo, if you're not, re, it's same, same, but different. It's like, it feels like you're redoing something that you've already done, but you're not, it's different. It may feel the same, but in the real depth of it, it will be different. It will be unshackling, it will be a new key, a new yeah. code that you're receiving and 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 um, and working with. So you're you're unshackling those from your past. And then what happens for the future generations, they won't have to experience that either. Yeah. Um, but I want to sort of speak to the to the to the trauma of this, this life. life yeah. Because I believe that um it is about uh, taking responsibility. It is about taking responsibility for the mistakes we've caused, for the pain we've caused each other. Um, and it's, and Dan kind of like, um, you know, surrendering and the surrender that I speak about is not a passive act. It's a, Mm-mm. it's a deeply, it requires deep unwavering faith that the natural law of karma doesn't, it's, it, it, it's, 
it doesn't um, it documents everything. Nothing goes unseen, mm. right? So if a mistake was done, if something that was with malintent was caused to you, the natural law of justice, which is karma, will take care of it. Just like it takes care of everything, it's just a natural law. Like gravity is is weaved into the natural into into life, right? So, um, and it's easy for people to say forgive them that didn't happen to you happened for you you're the you know grow from your pain grow from your trauma it's like no bitch before we go from to me to for me there is there's so many steps yeah you know and during those steps that's where the a surrender to something greater surrender to a divine power surrender to courage surrender to a deity surrender to the mother i don't know there's so many levels of surrender yep. to be able to actually get to that point where where the pain now becomes poetry. Now the, the trauma now becomes a beautiful... Uh, Triumph. Exactly. A beautiful dance, you know, a beautiful painting, a beautiful dress that you created. Um, but I want to speak to that because um, every guest on the show, I try to always ask them about that because I think that unless we change the system that we have this punitive justice system that we believe that when someone does something bad, they have to be punished because we believe that if I punish them, they're going to be course corrected to becoming good. We know historically and mystically that no one that, that does, ain't working. That doesn't work. That ain't working. That is not the truth. Yeah. It's only through restoration. Yeah. What's the rate of recidivism where people go back to col- uh, not, it's, college? It's absurd. not college. Back to jail. It's like, 78 percent or something and who comes out of it uh, feeling yeah. empowered to like and, zero yeah and what is that called the scarlet letter is that the, like the i don't even know what that means but i just heard someone say that that's like you put it's like someone has a label yeah there. scarlet letter is the is the adulteress from the there, there was a book written by the scar about the scarlet letter and this woman had sex with a with a married man and then they put the scarlet letter on her so that everyone knew she was an adulteress and then she was that's like, what i'm it's saying it's a witch hunt too, kind of yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's this yeah. constant, like we as healers, we need to stop approaching our inner pain with more pain. We need to stop totally. being punitive to ourselves. We need to stop being punitive to anyone who's caused us harm. Yeah. We have to be the 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 real witch, the real healers approaching everything through restoration. Yeah. And that takes a lot of courage. Oh my god. That takes a yeah. lot of courage. A lot of courage, you yeah. know? That's why I'm so obsessed with words is because courage, we look at the French courage, cool core, you know, in our English pronunciation, core would be heart. It means heart. Oh, so to be shit. courageous means to be of your heart. Means oh my to be, God, I love you. Yeah, it means going. to express oh love. God. And and then what you're talking about, you know, the true definition of confidence, when we think of, you know, powerful people, the true definition of confidence comes from confidere in Latin, which means trust. It's like, can you trust wow. in yourself? And that's what you were saying, you know. And trust life. Exactly. And the universe and, and the karma. benevolence. And trust exactly. the weave of all of it. Yeah. Oh my God, you're blowing my yeah. <laughs> my yeah. producer is going to freak out with we're me like screaming. Sitting, we're like sitting here rubbing our toes together, screaming. Uh, yeah, I think that that's, you know, forgiveness is challenging. If you make it that you need, like what we're, ta- what we're just talking about, like, oh, forgiving the lineage. But the bottom line is, is that we are the micro and the macro at the same time. So if we work on not punishing ourselves and forgiving ourselves for our past, which I find that one of the best ways to do that without bypassing, without just, you know, 
brushing it under the rug and being like, oh, now I'm perfect in love and light and everything's going to be great. You know, that's We'd not going to We never talk love and light in this yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> great. You know, because we're not trying to bypass no. anything. But This is high level spirituality, yeah. honey. But being able to act, mm-hmm. being able to take action from a place of trust, of love. Mm. What does that mean for yourself first and foremost? Mm. Because if you are the impetus, if 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 you are creating everything and everything is happening for you, then mm-hmm. you're the projector and the movie screen and the director and the writer and the producer of this whole story, this this beautiful film that is your life, this narrative that is your life. And so the first person to forgive always is yourself. Mm. It's like, if you don't want to go back to jail, right? Like I, you and I both used to live in our own self-inflicted prisons, right? Mm -hmm. Down in the abyss, Mm -hmm. the darkest parts of our psyches Mm -hmm. and just set up shop down there and Mm -hmm. like, God, it was fucking miserable. Mm -hmm. But the, the first step in creating a less punitive justice system is by being less punitive to our own internal justice. Mm. Like what does that look like? How do we Mm. treat ourselves the way that we want the world to treat us? And it's like, you know, treat others like the golden rule, right? Treat others how you want to be treated. Yes. And treat yourself how you want others to treat you first and then treat others the way, you know, like the way that you've learned to treat yourself so that then the others can reflect back to you that same treatment. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all are punitive to ourselves because we've been taught to, and it's all every piece of what we've already talked about, the, the pain, the money, the, the, you know, torture, the the wisdom being suppressed. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, I'm your channel to the divine. You can't talk to God yourself. How dare you? Like You're not you, come, you come sit in these pews uncomfortably and I will talk to God and I will let you know what God says. How dare you consider the fact that you might have a unique and I'm a relationship. Man. Man. God exactly. comes to me because I'm a man. Yeah. What a fucking nightmare. I know. And the blood. The oh blood of God. Christ used to be moon blood. Like, let's be really honest. Oh, God we have bless. to cut Christ's ribs open to get blood. No, guess what? That blood flows freely from all the pussies in all the world every month, you know, mm-hmm. with the exception of those who haven't started and who with those who have completed already. You know, that was the blood of Christ. In the oldest shamanic ceremonial site ever discovered, 40,000 years old pre-Ice Age, the two things, the two remnants were the... Swan wings, mm-hmm. swan wing fans, and rocks covered in menstrual blood. Wow. Even the word taboo comes from menstruation, comes from talking about the blood because that was the holy grail. This wow. is the portal. Literally half the population has a portal to the divine. I can birth a new soul. An- another soul can mm-hmm. come through this organ in my body. Mm-hmm. If that's not magic, if that's not the holy grail, I don't know what <laughs> is. <laughs> that's right. You know, and so when we think about that, what, how different the world would be if we could remember that, oh, there's this innate Christed mm-hmm. consciousness within all of us. Mm-hmm. We all have this capacity. And yeah, and I think that that's, that's just such a big part that everyone has forgotten. And so when we are told that that God is outside of us and that we require another person to connect with God for us. And like you said, even some of the Greek histories that, are, that have been changed is that Athena came out of Zeus's head. Like, oh, Eve was made from Adam's rib. Um, I'm 
pretty sure, like correct me if I'm wrong, but basically every single <laughs> being alive <laughs> comes out of a womb or a yoni or a mm-hmm. portal of the feminine in some way. Mm-hmm. I think like seahorses, the man gives birth, you know, the male gives birth some, there's like a couple of beings that really mm-hmm. like are on the androgyny and the non-binary spectrum and mm-hmm. bless them for, for switching it up for us. But for the most part, everybody comes out of a woman. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we've just been so damaged by these narratives that make women's mm-hmm. blood dirty, but Oh, the blood of Christ, everybody better drink that on the every Sunday mm-hmm. and like, take it into you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just, there's just, I mean, yeah, we could like be in the rabbit holes all day, but mm-hmm. it's really, mm-hmm. it's really just that, we all have this access and it's been stripped from us and we've forgotten. And mm-hmm. if we can stop punishing ourselves for the way that it's been stripped from us or how much we've forgotten or how asleep we've been, mm-hmm. how can we take action to wake up every day? Mm-hmm. And that's what then creates forgiveness because when we can look at ourselves, like I look at my life, I'm sure you look at your life every day now and I don't feel like I have things to forgive myself for anymore because I feel like I've made reparations. I've, I've paid my karmic debts, so to speak, Mm -hmm. not all the way, of course, but like, Mm -hmm. I know that what I'm doing now on a daily basis is for the benefit of all beings Mm -hmm. and is for my own healing. And Mm -hmm. so I can witness the places where I still punish myself or I Mm -hmm. feel like I haven't done enough, Mm -hmm. but am I shaming myself into a downward spiral Mm -hmm. where I feel in agonizing pain and Mm -hmm. hate myself, not anymore. And so that takes action. That's that being courageous and feeling confident, trusting Mm -hmm. yourself, trusting the benevolence of the universe to, to take care of you as Mm -hmm. you walk forward in whatever way is the sort of the antithesis or the embodiment of the opposite thing that you needed forgiveness for Mm -hmm. or the thing that you punish yourself for Mm. it's like okay well how can i how can i walk in service of the opposite of that thing Mm -hmm. what do i need to do Mm -hmm. and and you know how do i need to show up and how do i need to treat myself is that with better food or more exercise or more spiritual practice or Mm -hmm. deeper time with friends or more Mm -hmm. time out in nature and when i embody those things i can forgive myself for all the times that i didn't know to do that Mm -hmm. and one thing i also want to reflect on to people yes 100 percent. god bless you know amen (laughs) hallelujah to the mother for coming through in such a powerful way Thank you. And one thing I want to reflect too, it's like when I was in my deep wounded state of like having this enormous, uh, just like remorse for the, Mm. for the, for the drama that I had caused in people's lives and for the drama that was causing to my life, you know, I was sort of like wrapped up in that, like blaming and, and experiencing shame, the whole thing. One thing that helped me to come out of that as well as doing a forgiveness practice, um, was actually going out into the world and helping people to forgive. Even although I couldn't forgive myself, I was actively helping other people to do the thing, you know, actively teaching people how to do the thing. And also thinking about, okay, if if the harm was created, if the harm that I had was was in regards to money, for instance, you know, then go out there and teach people how to handle money better. You know, if your harm was done um, in, in in psychological, physiological, whatever may be that you experience, yep. go out there and teach people how to do it or go out there and teach a specific kind of very oppressed uh, part of the population how to how to uh, do it differently. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. And even beyond teaching, just share what you're experiencing 
experiences and what you've learned. That's right. You know, because I think right. some, I think teaching could be intimidating to some people. It's like just share, just share your story. That's right. And I think I'm sure you've done this. You know, a really great tantric practice for forgiveness is to set a pillow in front of yourself, and and purge out, say everything to the person, whether it's, you know, someone who's inflicted violence or pain or trauma on you or your family or someone who hurt you, whatever it is, put them on a pillow, say everything that you need to say to them Mm -hmm. and then go sit on that pillow yourself and embody that person and respond to you Mm -hmm. and see what, you know, every time I've done this, I just feel the pain that that person was in. Mm -hmm. And every time an apology comes through or Mm -hmm. a, you know, just a a, a little nugget at the bare minimum, every time I get a nugget from them, from their experience and, and by letting my body take over and, and be animated by their energy Mm -hmm. every time there's greater freedom on the other side. Mm -hmm. And then coming back to my pillow and, Mm -hmm. and doing that as many times as you need to in order to Mm -hmm. dialogue with that person or in a meditation, calling in their higher selves or calling in their inner child. Mm -hmm. I did this process with my dad and I called in his inner child and God, I just saw the little boy that was just being screamed at and abused by his father. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is what happened to him when he was mm-hmm. six years old. Of course, he inflicted pain upon me. He didn't know how not to. Mm-hmm. And so those have been also really, really supportive practices for me that that have, yeah, that have brought a lot of insight into mm-hmm. why did this happen to me mm-hmm. and, and what can I learn from it? And mm-hmm. then when I learn from it, I can, I can shift. And like what you're saying, you know, Bear and I got, asked on Friday night, we got a call from a friend and he was like, Hey, we have all this food from this movie set and our, our driver in Malibu bailed and we want to take it to the homeless. Can you guys come and pick it up? It's like Friday night. We're doing date night. It's our little thing. And we were like, you know, preparing to just spend an evening together. And we were like, what better way? What else would we be doing? Oh, we're just going to take each other mm-hmm. out to like another nice sexy dinner and make mm-hmm. love and whatever. And instead we spent three hours driving up to Malibu, picking up all this food that was just going to get thrown away, mm-hmm. gorgeous food from this movie set and, and brought it to all the homeless veterans down in town and, mm-hmm. and just blessed them with all of this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that helped me mm-hmm. to forgive some of the ways that maybe like in moments where I've been selfish or where mm-hmm. I haven't paid enough attention to the needs of others. And, mm-hmm. And my mom always says, you know, if you ever are too caught up in your own shit, go do something for someone else. And I think that's that's also a really powerful practice, especially mm-hmm. in, in connecting with the Buddha nature mm-hmm. and, and the oh Christed consciousness yeah, I, is to be of service, is to be right. in charity. One of my mystical experiences was having one of my gurus appear to me and say, go be of service. If you want suicidal depression to go. And the listeners of this podcast have heard me say this a million times, but mystical experiences happen when you are experiencing the interdependence of our of the of the fabric of life which means the self becomes the other you know god is in the room when you're being altruistic you know it's very it's a very radical thing you know and i always say this is your if your self-care practices are not orienting you towards community care you've missed the plot mm-hmm. your self-care practices are now just a just a physical nourishment you're not taking care of the self capital s aka your heart aka the spirit aka the rainbow body because when you are taking care of the rainbow body the self that part of you it literally becomes the other it literally goes from self-care into community care um and and again it's about 
nourishing that part of you, awakening that that Kundalini energy inside of you so much so that it just it oozes out of you, and then it, it's a natural next step to serve other people. It's just that it, there's no like you don't have to think about it. The default program of your mind becomes service you know yeah. i never went into i never thought about going to any of these things to be a spiritual teacher to help other people no honey i was profoundly selfish but it was the natural next step it was like this organic yeah. step of like I, in my blossoming season it was that now it's about serving others and in serving others you're serving yourself and the master becomes about a life of of genuine happiness is is the is is the life where you're why you're helping other people you recognize that you're truly helping yourself and, and vice that, versa and vice versa yeah. you know what i mean so it really is this this amazing it's just like oh my god so all of you who are sort of intoxicated with your self-care practices like maybe take a pivot you know that something's got to change if you're only like being kind to two three people in your life because they're kind back to you if you're not being able to have this this wide lens if you're not able to actually like get off of your ass on a friday night how mia and and bear did and drive down the hill um to go pick up this food and bring to the homeless if if these kinds of thoughts and these kinds of opportunities two things if these kinds of thoughts and these kinds of opportunities are not surfacing your life it's because you're trapped in a selfish spiral opportunities to serve often often mostly arise in the lives of those who are open to it yeah i have to cough <coughs> mm. I haven't coughed the whole time. <clears throat> yeah, great. We're doing it. Yeah. So anyways, just think about it like that. Yeah. And are you familiar with the work of David Hawkins? No. So David Hawkins is the founder of kinesiology, right? The muscle testing mm. and the connection between our brain, our soul, and our body. And he made this sort of quantified scale of consciousness mm -hmm. where a thousand is enlightenment and zero is like non-existence. And he said at a certain level at like 500, the level of joy or 600, the level of love or, you know, 700, the level of peace, whatever it is mm -hmm. that at a certain, as you reach these certain levels of consciousness, you then as a being have the capacity to just radiate out and touch, even if you're not a spiritual teacher, if you have no social media following, like none of that, that you as a being, as a consciousness, emit a frequency that affects, I think, you know, he says that at level 500, you affect 100 people. At level 600, you affect 1,000 people. At 700, you affect 10,000 people. But it reaches like, you know, one enlightened being affects a million people mm -hmm. just energetically by being mm -hmm. present. And so so mm -hmm. that's what's so beautiful about what you're saying is that mm -hmm. especially if we are all God, we're all emanations of the divine, it's all a reflection, it's all a projection, it's all one, right? Mm -hmm. We say that it's all one. Mm. So if it really is all one, then the more you work on yourself, the more, as long as it's aligned work on yourself and mm -hmm. it's actually affecting the way that you interact with people. Like I personally still have road rage. I'm really working on that. Like I just get so annoyed with people in the car. I'm just like, Oh my God, you know, it's great. I'm like, get out of my fucking way. And you know, yeah. I drive a big truck. So I'm like, ah, you know, uh -huh. um, it's definitely like my most muggle trait for sure. I fully admit it. <laughs> but the more we work on that and the better I get at that, the more than that piece that I find within myself, the capacity to, okay, even if this thing is happening and I'm annoyed and I'm in traffic and I feel trapped, it's like a big old wound mm -hmm. around feeling trapped for me. But the more I work on that, then every time I'm out and I'm in the car, that frequency, that 
transmission Mm -hmm. is being emitted out into the world. And then like, you know, who knows? Maybe the guy next to me who used to have road rage, like he just catches the vibe and something occurs, you know? And so that's one of the things that I think is so important about spiritual work is that, yes, you can get trapped in it being personal or, or selfish, but either way, if we are reflections of the macrocosm and we're the microcosm, it's going to be helping. You're being of service by being of service to yourself, by being of service to the divine. And there's, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, a myriad of ways we can express and experience that. That's right. I love this. Listen, I didn't get to ask you, and okay. we're like coming up to the time. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't get to ask you about, um, your, like, how did you get into all this? Like what happened? Well, your boyfriend was a big part of it. I, I've just been, I've been fantastical and magical my whole life. And it was was there trauma, you know, or is there despair? Because I think about the, about the path to like awakening and healing and like, um, well, yeah, I mean, I almost became an amputee at 16. There was a lot of despair. That's it. There was a lot of incapacity there. I was like deformed and disfigured. People would like do the retard hand at me and stuff because my arm just hung there limp because it, couldn't do anything. I had a skin graft that was like this giant red open sore on my leg for a year that, you know, was so itchy. Imagine like you have a, like a little scab, you know, how it scratches. Okay. Well, that was my whole thigh and I would like itch it and then it would open and bleed and just like, Oh, it was crazy. Cause they shave off the last four layers of your skin. And so, yeah, there was, there was major despair. My senior year of high school, I had a hard time getting out of bed every day. Like, mm. yeah, I couldn't, luckily mm. I went to this really interesting preparatory and performing arts academy and I just happened on my schedule to not have classes until like 11 a.m. even though I was like supposed to go to homeroom and I just would not get out of bed until the last minute you mm-hmm. know like 10 30 10 40 in the mm-hmm. morning like rolling out just feeling dead inside and after my accident I was put on antidepressants and they tried like all of the different I mean I don't even remember the names but Lexapro and not Ambien, that's a sleep one. But anyways, all the mm-hmm. different things. Prozac, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. la, la, la. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm 16 and I just felt numb. I was just like, I just don't feel anything. I can't mm-hmm. feel anything. Mm-hmm. And when I was a little girl and I would read my fantasy stories about the knights and the goddesses and the magical talking cats and all of the things, I just, I felt so alive even mm-hmm. when I would just read a book. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I had a period of feeling really dead inside. Mm-hmm. And I was with somebody in New York, my last year in New York, who had a really deep relationship with God. And Mm -hmm. he was very Christian, but very, you know, like classic, typical Christian was like, preached all this stuff, talk about God, but then was like a cheater and like a pretty horrible person. And just, you know, like I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. How are you saying that you're so aligned with these teachings? Mm -hmm. But he had a really strong relationship with God and he would talk. He didn't have much parental figure. And so he would be like he was on a conversation, like a phone call with God. He'd be like, baby, I need to talk to God. And he'd close himself in the room and be talking and I would hear him talking to someone. Wow. And one day I was just like, who is he talking to? I don't, I just don't get this. Mm. And so I was walking down sixth street between first and a Mm. out of our apartment. And I just looked up at the sky one day and I was just like, God. And the way that the sun shone through the Mm -hmm. trees and the way that the wind rustled in the leaves and moved the branches. I just felt this. Yes. 
I'm here. I'm, oh my God. I'm right. I'm all around you. I've always been here. I've just been waiting for you to mm-hmm. say what's up, you know, hey, to honey. greet. Yeah. Hey, girl, what's up? I'm here. I've literally been here for all of eternity. You yeah. know, I'm not going anywhere, even in the concrete jungle. And um, yeah, in that moment, changed everything. And then I started seeking. Then it was like, where else is God? Mm-hmm. Oh, God's everywhere. What is time? What does mm-hmm. that mean? Mm-hmm. What, what, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. And then different people started seeing me. I met Ben shortly there after that. As I moved to LA, um, I studied Vedic meditation. I did, mm-hmm. did a meditation course when I first moved to LA, my first month here in January of 2012. And wow. yeah. And, and then that was it. And I was off to the races and then, um, my arm, I had, you know, when I had hurt my arm, it wasn't because of the skin graft, it wasn't allowed to be in the sunlight for a year. And Mm -hmm. so I got this deep program of like, oh, no one can see it. So 10 years later, when it was totally fine and healed, I was still covering it. I was still wearing this sleeve. And I went to one of Ben's meditations on a Sunday morning Mm -hmm. and left and went to a pool party. And I always covered my arm, like, for a decade, I had these little black sleeves, very Michael Jackson, and I would just wear it so no one could see me. No one could see my scars. No one could see how broken I really was. And I got to this party after the meditation and literally the this thing that I'd had, you know, I had multiple of them. I had like 10 of these little sleeves to cover my arm and it just disappeared. It just dematerialized from reality. And I'd packed it and I'm like tearing my bag apart and looking through my car and crying and freaking out. And my friend I was with was like, if you really don't want to go in, it's okay. We don't have to go. And, and I'm just like panicking. I I didn't remember the contraction in my heart. And I just heard this little voice and it was the goddess. And she was just like, Mia, enough, enough now. Just, just go in there. And Nobody even noticed. I walked in. I like gathered all my courage Mm. to walk into this party being seen for the first time. Like, oh my God, all my scars. And literally nobody said anything. No one even noticed. And that was when my mind or I realized that my mind had been playing tricks on me. Mm -hmm. That I had been telling myself, if Mm -hmm. anyone sees this, Mm -hmm. if anyone knows my scars, they're going to fucking hate me. Mm -hmm. They're going to reject me. They're going to think I'm disgusting. Mm -hmm. And none of that happened. And I was like, hmm, what else have I been confused about? What else have I been lost? symbolic. Yeah. And so that was it. And then I really started letting, you know, the, the crumbs that Ben was sprinkling around for me I went to Burning Man that year, met this super witchy woman. She was like, oh, I do a lot of witchy shit. We should hang out when we get back to LA. And I was like, oh, I mean, cool. Like, I don't really know what that means, but I'm into witchy shit, I guess. Whatever. And for her, it was song circles and breath work and sound Mm -hmm. baths and just things that I had never tried. Mm -hmm. I'm like in my early 20s and, and just yeah like what what is all of this yeah. and and I just loved it so much and then the yeah the thing that really really a couple of years ago at, again at Burning Man the last Burning Man that happened officially I met a girl who wore a witch hat and she was wearing this hat and I would like follow her through the crowd we just became friends and went out dancing this one night and I'm just following her in this little pointed witch hat and there it was just like an antenna and she put it on me at one point and I just I just felt this oh my God, this is this missing piece that I've been mm. looking for. This is my magic hat. Mm. And uh, and I got one after that. And, and the photos that I posted wearing it were my first viral photos. Mm. That's when my social media following just started growing. It was like people wanted... Permission. 
yeah, to reclaim permission. the word and for people it call to me be permission good. slip all the time. Yeah, you are I that call it too. permissionary. Yeah, yeah. permissionary. Like, yeah. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I love you. Yeah, it's like oh I'm, I'm not. I'm not selling like Christianity. I'm over here selling permission, honey, oh and it's god. free. You just oh got to take it for god. yourself. You know. Oh my god. And so that was that was really big for me to see. That was super validating to see. Wow, people want to reclaim this. People want mm. to feel that a witch is a good thing, mm. and that was a huge shift for me. And permission for me too mm-hmm. validating from the outside for mm-hmm. everyone to be like yum more we mm-hmm. love this and i was like oh cool great mm-hmm. and then it's just kind of had a mind of its own since then mm, i love this listen um last question yeah um tell me what it means to be spiritually sassy to you oh girl i mean we do it every day right but <laughs> i think that it's it's about exactly what we were just talking about. It's about permission. Mm -hmm. What does it mean for you to be you? What does it mean for you to be your fullest self? How do you want to express? There are going to be people that don't like it. There are going to be people who love it. There are going to be people who are ambivalent about it. There's going to be people that maybe don't want to be your friend, but there's going to be the people that do. Mm -hmm. And so to be really sassy about it is like to, I mean, I don't want to say like give zero fucks because you got to like have your own personal standards, right? But but to not care what people think about you as long as the expression that you're emitting is from your truth. Mm. Like if I want to be heard, if I'm like needing to be seen and needing to be heard and I'm acting a certain way and that triggers people, that's my responsibility. But if I am just truly deeply in my essence and this is what has to emerge. This is what is I'm being compelled to allow to emerge from within me and someone gets triggered or someone doesn't like it. That's their shit. That's their Mm -hmm. responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just about letting yourself be all of who you are and, Mm -hmm. and taking that permission slip from the universe to, Mm -hmm. to speak how you want to dress, how you Mm -hmm. want to love who you want Mm -hmm. to show up how you want and, Mm -hmm. and let that be the antenna or the flame that then draws the opportunities and the friendships and the community and the purpose and the mission of, of your highest vision of your dream mm-hmm. into your life. Mm, I love this. Oh my God. You're brilliant. I, I feel like we need a round two. I feel like you should be a reoccurring guest. I'm like, Honey. I mean, I think that's a great idea, girl. <laughs> you keep bringing the croissants. Yes. I'll make the cacao. Yes. Oh my God. You make the best cacao. Can you please share the recipe, please? Honey. Yes. So first, first ingredient is magic. No, um, I use a beautiful, uh, Guatemalan cacao and a little bit of almond milk, oat milk, whatever your favorite is, a little bit of ice, only spring water. We, we're like very particular about the cleanliness of our water. Vanilla, rose, cardamom, cinnamon, coconut oil, and then I use the little mushroom chai blend blend oh yeah. wow the mud water blend mm-hmm. so i put a little bit of that in it so mm-hmm. that it has like some extra little spices and you can kind of dose it up with whatever you want you know you can drop a little one drop of lavender essential oil in there you can put some ghee if you want to thicken it up you can mm-hmm. put collagen and honey in there to sweeten it? yeah i use honey or maple syrup kind of just depends on my mood wow thank you for the recipe <laughs> yeah cardamom vanilla i think that's um, it that sounds amazing you know and i don't like cardamom but the way you do it it's like, it's one of those. I only put a little in because I know okay. you don't like it. Yeah, no, but it, it lands. Now it's like, there's definitely some, there, there's definitely is like a, mm, mm, mm. I can, I can yeah. experience it now. Um, where can we find you? 
Oh my goddess, you can find me all the places, Mia Magic, M-I-A-M-A-G-I-K, YouTube, Instagram, website, all the same, miamagic.com. Yeah, all, all the places and all the videos on how to bring magic and wisdom into your own life. And, you know, got to just try to keep up with Saw with these reels and just be sharing all the witchery <laughs> the way he's sharing all the Buddhist wisdom, you know, oh and, my God, yes. and really just, yeah, I, I, I hope that especially us amplifying this together, that everyone listening just receives more permission to be themselves, to be whatever your version of that yeah. spiritually sassy, witch, magical, mm-hmm. whoever you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. Just consider this your permission slip to be it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love you. Thank I you. I love you so, so much. much. Oh my God. Do you, I feel like we have an ancient connection. Yeah. It's so like much. M- multiple lives. Because we weren't like, we didn't spend that much time together at first when yeah. we first met. And then yeah. once we like actually started hanging out, it was like, it was like okay, uh, where? two or three times a week, That's like right, as please. often as possible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Rituals, dinner. Oh my what god. else can we get into? Oh my God. All the Writing things. group, plays. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. Thank God for you. Thank I you know. for being on the Thank show. Thank goddess for us both and for all yeah. this love and for all this magic. Oh, okay. Lots of love. Mwah. I'm Sadie Simone, and you've been listening to The Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy Conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you. <laughs>